You're listening to the Morning Joe Ranch Show. I dig deep, embrace yourself, and enjoy the Wild Ride podcast. Topics of politics, climate, economics, life, and the pursuit to complain about everything. Stop working so hard and rethink how you define success. Today's episode is kind of going to touch base on um, what, like what the definition of actually buckling up your bootstraps really means, at least in my, this is all my opinion, um, and how we define working hard. Um, I had a discussion with a friend of mine the other evening, and I kind of touched base with him on it too. And it really bugs me. I told him it really bothers me that we define success by how hard you work. And it's like, and I said to him, and, and he wasn't arguing with me or anything. It was more just a discussion of what bothers me lately. And it's, which a lot of things bother me. But this especially with um, people acting like, well, you got to work hard to get good things. And you got to do this to get, you know, all these people complaining, you know, they're not, maybe they're not working hard enough. And, and I asked the question, define to me what working hard means. Like, is it putting in 20 hour days? I mean, and I'll equate it to this. I play drums. I play guitar, a little bit of guitar, more drums though. I've been playing drums for like 20 something years. When I play drums, there's a difference between practicing smart and practicing hard. Practicing smart is, is, is advancing yourself much quicker by practicing the things that make you better. Um, in, in drum terms, there's beats that you could play that are 4-4 four, four beats. And that's just basically like think of any ACDC song and it's that standard, you know, one and two and three and four. And your kick and your kicking is always on the um, one and three and your snare is always on the two and the four. And the hi-hat just has a cons- consistent tempo of the one and two and three and four and one. Or you could double it. And the point is, is that is that you can play that for 20 hours. And sure, that's going to make you better in some aspect, but until you start learning the fundamentals of rudiments and you start learning other things, it's it's not that's you're just practicing for 20 hours. You could be beating, you know, it's the same thing as just playing a solid kick drum the same, you know, to a metronome and playing the same one single hit every time. Yeah, I mean, your body's going to pick up on fundamentally playing, but it's not going to be able to do, you know, you're not going to learn how to do double bass by doing that. And so what I'm trying to define is like, what's hard work? I could get the same amount of practice in two hours fundamentally than if I were to work 20 hours doing that shit. Like if I, I and again, it's 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 working smart. And there's people that are more advanced than we are that could teach us working smart. So I'm asking the question of what's the definition of buckling up your bootstraps and working hard? I don't define it by working 20 hours a week um, or 20 hours a day on something. Like, like there's only so much time in a day you could do something without seeing results right away. And that's the other thing. I'm just going to utilize playing drums again or use playing drums again as, a, as, a, as an idea. It takes 10,000 hours supposedly to master something, but you still have to rest, recuperate, um, 
get go through the process of of building up your muscles and building up like any exercise any type mentally anything drawing painting whatever you're applying it to your body needs to rest and process it that's how muscles work and fatigue is serious you know, like fatigue is a real thing if you fatigue your muscles out they're not going to they're not going to be growing you you need that rest in between stuff too so it really drives me nuts when people say that so I said to him, like, you know, maybe instead we should define it as just making a life and not making a living. And maybe another concept to this, like I said in the beginning, is stop working so hard and rethink how you define success. And that's fine. Make a living with how you define your success. If this means you get the corner office, you know, you get the corner office in a job that's, you know, marketing or sales or whatever it is and and you've got three figure you know a three figure income fine if that's how you define success if that's how you define is working working hard and and getting being successful then that's fine i and i know like i'm asking a rhetorical question of like i get that it means something different to everybody but that's my point is if it means something different to everybody then in this politicized society that we live in like defined then what is the clarified definition what's that what's that what's that peg that you're you're reaching for that defines that you're working hard enough to be successful i know people that worked really hard that failed and i know people that worked really hard and succeeded and both of them worked you know the same amount of hours so again what is that definition i get it it's representation for everybody is differently. But to me, don't say that then. Don't say buckle up your bootstraps and work harder. That doesn't make sense. You can't say that to somebody because it's not, how do you know they're not working hard? They could be working just as hard. So this is where for me, I always tell my daughter is work smart, not hard. And um, Bill Gates said he would rather hire a lazy person over anybody else because a lazy person finds the right way of doing it the quickest way and i think that's valid with a lot of us is like you know in in our society we we the, everything needs to be efficient well as soon as you get efficient they want to pile more shit on top of you so most of us are like now fuck this i'm efficient you know i'm getting my work done that you allotted me and you know you want me to work eight hours well, I don't want to put on my plate more shit that you just keep piling on top of me. And eventually it's like you're so efficient that it's like you don't have anything for me to do anymore. Like it's just because I'm so efficient at it. So I just it, that really bothered me thinking about it the last few months with um, applying for jobs and stuff like that. Like looking at some of these jobs and they want, you know, eight hours a day. And it's like I could do this stuff in, in three to four like, you're not going to have enough work for me to do anyway, because the results aren't going to show some, you know, especially in the position and in in where I'm at, in my type of uh, role with work I do, it's like, it takes time for the results to show anyway. And I get that you have to keep the, you have to keep the ball rolling with it, but it's like, okay, but eventually it's just gonna, you're going to hit a, you know, a momentum that's like, I, I have nothing left to do because we've already exceeded, you know, again, unlimited amount of growth, which doesn't exist in this world. Um, 
So it, it got me thinking. And I tell my daughter, work smart, not hard. And we started to re- read um, a book that I read when I was in boxing back in back in my youth of my youth, I say, but back in my 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 early mid to late 20s, I did boxing in Chicago and I did it under a really awesome, awesome guy. Um, he taught me a lot of stuff. And I also took kickboxing in high school. And I, I didn't the guy that I, I learned kickboxing from a totally different person wasn't good. He was a dickhead. Um, but the guy that I learned boxing from, he wanted me to go into training, uh, and like actually legit fighting in tournaments. And I never, I wasn't good enough. Like I wanted to learn boxing to be able to defend myself, have confidence, know I could take a punch, know I could throw a punch and know that all these other stuff. And what I actually learned was I never want to fight anybody. I think most fighters who learn just self-defense realize you can really get hurt with fighting. And the guys that are usually in the bar brawls that are pretty stupid, they have no concept of how fighting works and how dangerous it really is. Um, anyway, so he told me to read a book called The Book of Five Rings. And it's written in, uh, I think it was written in 1643. And the it was a Japanese swordsman. I'm going to butcher his name really bad. Miyamoto Musashi, I think is his name. I'm trying to pronounce it right. Miyamoto Musashi. It's a great book. It's interpreted into English. It's a you know 450-year-old book. Um, and no, you don't just apply it to fighting. It's actually applied to a lot of different life for you. And there's five five things to take there's five different parts of the book and I'm going to kind of go over them and just touch base really quickly on them. And my daughter and I are reading the book and I'm really wanting her to grasp and understand these five concepts. So I'm going to kind of sum it up, but I recommend anybody reading it to, or anybody that wants to should read it. It is short. It's a short read. It's not long. And it goes along with stoicism, which is a philosophy that I truly believe in. And, and you'll see what I mean when I get into it. So number one is ground. In the first chapter of the book, um, Miyamoto clearly focuses on the idea that if you want to succeed in combat, you need to have a plan. Uh, This is something that you learn in each martial arts style and varying degrees. You need to first study and only then can you fight. Knowing your capabilities and skills as well as understanding the dynamics of the conflict will help you succeed. Even if you don't, not knowing in advance how you'll win any situation, the better you're prepared, the better the odds are you have of being the winner. And how you apply this to life. So think about it. If you need to have a plan when you go into something, you learn the style of it. Whether it, again, I'm just going to utilize music or art or whatever it is. Or even woodworking. You need to have a plan of what you want to do. If you're going to build, you know, let's build a bookshelf. You need to have the idea down of what you want to do. And then you learn each style to varying degrees. So maybe you learn... um, you know, certain types of saws, how they cut, you know, a table saw versus a miter saw versus a circular saw. And then you learn what do nails actually utilize better than screws, you know, pre-drive, pre-doing pilot holes before, so it doesn't crack the wood. There's all these types of things that you know, and you understand the dynamics before you can succeed. And even if you know in advance how you'll win any situation, the better prepared you are for the odds you have, the better you can become the winner for. So that's number one is ground. So sum it up real quick. 
Focus on the idea if you want to succeed in combat, you need to have a plan. All right, number two is water. Within this part of the book, uh, he refers to one of the major difficulties many martial artists have, and that's adaptability. When fighting any opponent, you need to utilize all the tactics and, te- and techniques you have to use the best one to defeat your opponent, not the one that you prefer. Before the fight even begins, you need to know what movements you'll be applying to your opponent and already be ready to change your tactic. You need to be adaptable in life. We all know this. You need to be adaptable. You need to bend like a weed in the breeze. It's just the way life is. And if you don't and you stringent, you're going to have conflict and you're always going to lose. So when fighting an opponent, that opponent could be anything. Again, utilize it to something in life that's common day. Um, You need to utilize all the tactics and techniques you know the best you can to defeat your opponent. And most likely, the opponent is you. It's your ego. Usually, that's 100% in life right now in modern times. We don't really, I mean, in combat, yeah, unless you're fighting, you know, in a war or whatever. But most of the times, it's not hand-to-hand combat. Um, So when you're fighting your combat, though, you need, or your opponent... You need to utilize all the tactics and techniques you know and use and the best one to defeat your opponent. It's not what you're best at. It's what you can defeat the opponent with, with the best one you're able to defeat them with. So maybe you're a good, I'm just using boxing as an example. Maybe you're an excellent striker and you're an MMA. You're an excellent puncher. But your opponent is awesome at kicks and ground game. You need to have the best defense to defeat your opponent if that's the case. And you need to learn those things that would help you defeat your opponent. And that's adaptability. You may suck at the ground game. Guess what, bitch? You got to learn how to do it. And I'm not this. Listen, I like Jocko Willick. I like Joe Rogan. I like the guys that know how to fight. But I am not at all trying to be like them, like a military. This isn't this is more for um your personal life in modern times and not in war. I'm not an ex-military person. I've never served in the military. I don't claim to be a tough guy. I'm not. But I think this is vital to people in life. And if you've got these, then this helps. And that's why I say I'm nothing like those those other guys. Nothing against them. They're good dudes, I'm sure, and they're, they're fighters. I am strictly saying it from uh, even more of like a nihilist and just like almost a pacifist. Like, I just don't want to fight people. I don't, that's the last resort for me. Um, So the third one, so first one is ground. Second one is water. Third one, fire. This is the part of the book that concerns about being a fierce fighter. One thing is for sure, you may have been trained by a renowned master and be in great shape, but if you lack the ferocity, you will lose the fight. And if your opponent has only ferocity, you don't have to be like, um, Miyamoto, who never slept or never washed his body. You just need to apply what he said. The way of the warrior is the resolute acceptance of death. This is where stoicism comes in for me. Um, You need to accept death. And I don't mean that in a morbid way. In stoicism, it's a um, memento mori. It means death, I see you. You are always there. I can see you I know you're there. I'm going to live my life to the fullest every day as I possibly can. Doesn't mean you have to go travel the world every day on fancy excursions. Live your life the best way you can. Same thing going with how you define success, how you define, you know, what is the the definition of working hard? You know, 
it's that same thing. You see death there. How do you want to work hard? Do you want to spend 20 hours a day working on something that you don't enjoy? You may spend 20 hours a day working on like music if you love doing music. And it's not because you're doing it to define yourself as rich and wealthy. It's defining your success as I want to achieve as great as I can be in whatever I'm doing. And this is what I want to do. And I accept that death is always around the corner, but this is what makes me happy in life. This gives me fulfillment in life. And this part of the book, like I said, is about being the fierce fighter. Um, and again, you've, you're in great shape. You're trained by the master. You are always fighting yourself. And I think that to me is the definition of this is like, while we're not fighting our, our opponent is always our ego. It's always ourself. And you're, you always have to think your opponent's more fiercer than you are. So you just need to apply that. The way of the warrior is the resolute acceptance of death. Uh, number four is wind. You need to focus not only on your martial arts system. That could be a system for anything. Music, again, woodworking, uh, crafts, plumbing, electric, electrician, whatever it is you do, computer programming. And you don't have to define it that. Gardening, whatever the hell it is. Or multiple systems. But you have not only your system, your art system, but also to study your opponents. And who are they in the 21st century? You need to learn who they are, what they wear, and how they operate. The lesson behind this part of the book is pretty simple. Let's say that you're learning karate. You can consider taking another form of fighting or like Brazilian jiu-jitsu to expand your horizons so you can know more about it. No matter how much you want to run away from the idea, you know, even though it may be deep in your heart, that combat is animalistic, violent, and simple. You can only understand it and accept it. So with this one, um, even though it's saying martial arts system and you need to accept deep in your heart that combat is animalistic, we are all in life still grounded by our human nature. And our human nature can get very dark very quickly. We always hear like your reptilian side of your brain. It's that type of concept where you need to understand your life is animalistic. It can be violent and it can be simple. And even in today's modern times, you have to be again, learn outside what you're already learning. So expand your knowledge with the things that you already know so you can be prepared for that stuff. Um, and you, again, you need to focus not only on your martial arts system, but also study your opponents. Your opponent, whether it be your ego, and maybe it is against somebody else in another in a position that you guys are both applying for, and you need to know what other person's good at. That's the concept between number four, which is wind. Number five, the last one, is void. In this last part of the book, he explains that you need to focus on two different aspects, mental and technical. Mental, when you're with the right mindset, even though you're in the middle of combat, you won't have any fear. This doesn't make you either stupid or brave. It just shows that you were focused on winning. What do you, when you study the martial arts as well as you can, when you know all the parameters, when you have a backup plan for any action, you will know what to do. Technical, knowledge and learning are meant to be forgotten. And only when you are able to fully acknowledge this is that you'll be ready to fight because your body will move as it is automatic. I love this part. For the mental part, you're in the right mindset. You've built up yourself, knowing your confidence. Um, and it's not that you won't have any fear. It's that you won't 
you won't be stupid or brave. It's that you show you're focused on just the, the end game of it all. You're focused on just that. And if you take yourself out of the element of getting hurt or the fear of it all. Now, that's not to say you're not going to be scared. That's not to say any of that. But if you take when you're in that moment, if you take yourself away from the fear, how much more you are able to think clearer. It is extremely difficult to get to that part of like life. Extremely. I have mastered it in only a few sections of my life. And to apply it to multiple other things, I get very reactive with certain things. And I'm trying to learn how to do this with, and that's fear that controls me. It's that fear of, you know, it's like, I'm not going to let, this person can't get the best of me. And you have to be letting go of that. The stupidity and, the, and being brave, it's not about that. It's about you grasping what's the end point here? What's the end game? Um and you have a backup plan for any action and you know what the and and you can see that. Then your technical is your knowledge and learning are meant to be forgotten. This is extremely important. When I'm playing drums, I've taught my muscles everything from right now. I can with I can improv on the spot with any type of genre. Am I good at every genre? No. But I can improv with every single one of them and still get through a song, no problem. My brain understands, it hears a beat, and I can click right into it. I can hear the dial, and I click into it. I can do certain types of fills when I'm going into it. Now, Again, this doesn't mean I'm great or anything. It means I've mastered the technical side of a lot of aspects of life, and my brain, and, or in music and drumming, and I can apply it immediately. I like my body just knows to function that way. I don't have to think of it because technically I built up my muscles for 25 years of building it up and understanding what my body needs to do. And that's what it's saying. You'll be ready to fight because your body moves it and it's automatic. And that to me is crucial to it. So to sum this all up real quick, you got one, which is ground. Two is water. Three is fire. Four is wind and five is void. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. I tried to do a quick sum up of it because I think it's extremely important in life, at least for me. And again, this applies to human beings, not just to men, not just to women. Like, I think this is where people need to understand if we as humans can start to change ourselves introspectively and really grow, we could be doing good things. You know, I've always said on here, Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross are two of my two of my biggest influences in life. Um, and just because this book represents combat, it doesn't really just represent that. It's a good form of life acceptance and going forward with it. So the question I ask for all of you is, again, how do you define what what working hard is? How do you define what success is? How do you define how you are successful? And then Apply this book to that and see if it helps you grow. All right, I'm going to leave you guys on that one. Y'all have a good one. This week's podcast was brought to you by ConnectGo Internet Inc. Bringing your business to the future, connectgo.com.